when I was a teacher, my biggest idea was you've got to reach them before you can teach them. So for me, that was my mission every day. I got to reach these kids before I can teach them. So that meant that I had to create a relationship with them first before trying to be their teacher. And so for me, I use all of that in real estate, the patients. I use the, hey, I want to establish a relationship with my clients before I try and you know, have them sign, hey, I'm your agent or, hey, I'm going to list your house. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, general manager of the U.S. market for Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents leverage the power of verified reviews. You can find out more at ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 278 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. And uh, today I'm going to head up, uh, head to the, the deep south. I'm going to North Carolina. I'm going to just south of Raleigh. We'll still call it the Triangle area. And I get to talk to Lynn Johnson. Lynn Johnson runs the My Southern View team. I know Lynn through the Inman world. Uh, I think there was a realtor event as well. All kinds of good stuff. Uh, she's got a, a wonderful sense of of not just style, but of a sense of business. And I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a heads up. I am going to talk about her accent because it is fantastic. Let's get this thing started. Lynn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry. It's taken so long to get you on the show. We've we've known each other for years now. Uh, lots of conferences, lots of uh, lots of other events and things. And you know, it, it. I can't wait to get your story. I, I think there's a little bit of some background that I might have discovered in my research that that I love uh, when I find out that a realtor has this background. We're going to talk about that. But first. I have got to say that I absolutely love your accent, and I hope that's okay to say that. Um, I, I'm sure you've had others say it, and, and maybe even mention like designing women. Now I'm aging myself big time because that's that was a long time ago. So I, I actually grew up watching designing women, so I have no offense to that whatsoever. Um, but yeah, my accent definitely is a uh, conversation starter every now and again for sure. Yeah. Well, I look, I would think if somebody from the North is headed to North Carolina for a second home or maybe a retirement place, or that's what they want to be, don't they want someone who grew up there and really knows the area? That's you, right? Well, that is definitely me. I have only lived in North Carolina, so I have, uh, I've never really um, gone very far from home. So I have tried to stay close to home. I went to college close to home and then my mom decided she would move to the beach and um, that was a like a wave crashing against me for sure. Cause I'm like, wait, no, <laughs> I have worked my entire life to stay close to home. <laughs> right now when we say beach, is that like near Wilmington or where, where, where was she headed? So she headed, yeah, she headed East towards Wilmington. She went to um, surf city and lived there for a little bit. So right. um, where we, that's where we grew up going to the beach um, was surf city and topsail. So that's where she moved. Now you you live in the Triangle area. Do we call it that still? Because um, that's that's Raleigh, Durham. Is it Chapel Hill, or do yeah. I have the? Am I kind of messed up there as an outsider? Well, no. So basically, the way we, we look at the Triangle is it is just kind of a, a makeup of Raleigh and Durham, and then you know I like to think that the the third leg of the Triangle is kind of whichever way you point the Triangle. So, okay. 
so it can kind of go either way. Um, but we live a little south of the triangle. Um, we do work the triangle a lot. I, I work real estate in Raleigh, Durham, uh, was in Durham yesterday. So we're kind of all over. Um, I don't like to go out really further than Durham, Chapel Hill area, or even out towards the east in, you know, Goldsboro area, just because I like to kind of stay tight in, in my little bubble. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, I've been to Durham before down. It's a cool little area. Uh, really neat. I've never really explored downtown Raleigh. I, that's something in my future. Now that I'm in Florida, it's, it's, there's going to be some, some trips through the South. I really want to see all these different places that I've, you know, growing up in California, you just hear about. Um, I know one thing about Durham and Chapel Hill that um, if you live in that area, you somehow you had to choose between Duke and North Carolina. I'm just guessing when it came to basketball or, yes. or if you're South of Raleigh, maybe you went rogue and went North, NC state. How, do, am I, am I close? So I for sure grew up being an NC state fan, even though they were always <laughs> the losing team and they kind of let us down every time we uh, turned around. That was definitely the one that I grew up. My grandfather was a big NC state fan um, so I just immediately flocked to them as a kid. Um, so I'm not a Carolina blue fan, so I don't pull for UNC. I would pull for Duke over Carolina. Um, my wife, Alyssa has, you know, since moving to North Carolina, become a Carolina fan <laughs> because she likes blue, I think. Um, but no, she really likes, uh, she really likes UNC. So I'm more of a Duke and NC state fan, but I would always pull for red over any of the blue for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I, uh, Growing up in California, it was Duke. It was a long, long time ago. Mike Jaminski and Ernie Banks and a bunch of guys were playing really well. And I just, you had to pick one and I picked Duke. And But it's funny how, um, yeah, how, how divisive that rivalry is. Probably one of the all, one of the best in all of sports, not just college basketball. Uh, well, you know, they say that they say the uh, North Carolinians that have the thickest skin pull for NC State. <laughs> so, um, so I think that helps me in the real estate world too. So I'm, uh, I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Tell the listeners a little bit about the whole Raleigh-Durham area. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the country. I know, I know weather can get severe at times, but, um, but, but it, talk about if I was thinking about, you know, oh, I'm thinking about either St. Pete or, or, or you know, uh, Savannah or Raleigh-Durham, why should we be in Raleigh-Durham? Well, so I think the one thing about our state is we have the best of, of all, all areas. We have the mountains, we have the Piedmont region, region, and then we also have the beach. I mean, we are typically, you're about two hours, two and a half hours from the beaches. You're about three hours from the mountains. So, you know, it's very easy to, to go left, go right, and you're going to find some place that is beautiful with an, with an awesome view. And so I, I love that about our state, whereas we don't have to travel very far to get to either of those. Um, we also have just a lot of a lot of great things in our area. You know, we've got the, the Carolina Hurricanes, the hockey team in Raleigh. So that has really pulled in a lot of interest for local sports here in Raleigh um, without having to travel and commute to Charlotte for the Panthers games. Um, so I think we just have so much to offer people. And then our weather is, you know, it's great. I mean, it's, it's hot one day, cold the next. They say that, you know, you wake up and it's, it's raining and then in the afternoon it's sunning. So, I mean, we are just kind of a hodgepodge of weather and just great, great quality scenery and places to go and things to do in North Carolina. So I, I, that's what I love the most about our state. And 
hence why I've never really felt the need to move out of state and, and try to find something that we, uh, that we don't have because we do have so much. Yeah. And then, and then you've got, I mean, Raleigh's turned into this massive tech center, right? And Durham's this where startups are live. There's all kinds of really, there's just, it's just continuing to grow and develop, right? Oh yeah. I mean, we are, I mean, the research triangle area is just massive. I was out there yesterday for a listing appointment and I mean, it, it just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, we've got Amazon who just moved here and huge warehouse in Garner, which is a little south of Raleigh. Um, but we just have so much going on. I mean, we are a great place to relocate. You know, our beaches are actually ranking no, like the number one place for people to retire. Um, so that's, you know, that's just adding on to all the things that we offer in North Carolina. We have a lot of uh, film industry people that will travel and film at our beaches. So we get a lot of that. Um, we have a place in Wilmington and um, pretty much every weekend, you know, they're filming something downtown. I mean, it's either a Netflix series or, you know, it's a movie or something really cool is happening there. So that's awesome as well. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Campbell University. I have to be honest, I'd, I'd never heard of it. So it's going to be a local school, right? A little, yeah, maybe a little, a liberal arts college, maybe if I'm right. Or Baptist college, yes. So, oh, um, okay. so when I graduated, again, I uh, I graduated high school and immediately thought like, hey, I want to stay close to home. And um, I cheered through high school competitively and football, basketball, um, so did gymnastics and things like that. And so when I started looking at colleges, you know, obviously the the athlete inside of me wanted to continue that on a collegiate level. However, you know, I'm also five seven and definitely not one fifteen. So there was no there was no hopes that I was going to be making a, a co ed team and being thrown up in the air. I had always thrown everyone else up in the air. So I went to a um, cheerleading competition at Campbell University, and the coach approached us and said, hey, you know, how many of you are seniors? I'd love to talk to you. And so we set up a little meeting, and uh, we were able to just kind of, you know, get scholarships. So my best friend in high school and I, we roomed together, both cheered together, um, and we both chose to go to Campbell because we both got scholarships to do so. So, you know, that was huge for for my family at the time. And I was like, Oh, I can still get to cheer and be involved. And it was an all girl cheerleading team. So that was really cool. So I was still able to cheer and I um, got, you know, a, a varsity letter award and everything like that college for cheerleading. So I was able to just stay active and then also stay close to home. But like I mentioned, <laughs> as soon as I moved to, to college, my mom was like, I'm going to move to the beach. So um, so that was, that was kind of how Campbell came about. I had applied to, you know, UNCW, ECU, NC State, gotten into those colleges, but really wanted to continue that athletic side of being involved in sports. So it definitely helped me in college because, you know, we were put on a very strict, um, study hall regimen. So we were definitely in study hall and I probably were, I was more successful in college, I think, because of that. So I do, you know, I, I am thankful for being able to have that opportunity. I mean, I know you have children, so you'll, they'll be, they'll come that day, right? Where you're going to have those same kinds of conversations and, and hopefully they're kind of making those right, those same decisions. That's cool. Exactly. And kids start so young now. It's crazy how competitive it is at such a, such a younger age. But, you know, I was, I was really, really 
active and I really wanted to continue that. I didn't want to just kind of be a loner. I wanted to still be a part of something when I went to college. And so that was a big thing for me uh, with Campbell. Plus it, it, it kept that very intimate feeling. I mean, I had classrooms that were the same size as, as my high school classrooms, you know, 25 students. I took intro to Christianity, New Testament survey, Old Testament survey, of course, being a Baptist college. Um, you know, so I was able to, you know, do all of those things. Plus, of course, we had, you know, chapel, you know, once a week that everyone attended. And it was it was basically like a high school feeling because it was such a smaller university at the time. Now they are huge. They've moved the uh, the law school. They've moved it to downtown Raleigh. Um, they have a medical school there now. Obviously, their pharmacy school is just phenomenal. Um, so they have grown so much. I mean, we used to cheer in a uh, in the basket. They didn't have football when I was there, so we only cheered basketball. And now they have a football team, football program, um, and they have a massive, <laughs> massive basketball uh, facility. So it's really it's really interesting to see how much it has grown. And um, you know, one of our things is that I still help out with alumni events, and I still go back and I cheered at a, a football game a couple of years ago. They had the alumni come back and cheer, so I uh, I stayed on the heating pad for a few days after. What'd you do right after graduation? Usually, for most people, real estate's not a part of the plan. Is that your case? So I, I'd always wanted to be like I grew up in high school wanting to be an architect. Like I really wanted to be an architect, which is why I looked at NC State. However, um, I just I kind of fell out of that bubble and kind of fell more into the the give back bubble. And I wanted to be a teacher of some sorts. So when I graduated from Campbell, I did teach. Um, I taught the life skills class at a middle school, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. So I had six classes a day. And I taught them things from, you know, how to fill out a check and a checkbook, how to balance and handle your finances like and and money. I taught them how to cook. I taught them how to sew. I taught them all of these different things that are essential life skills. And so I did that for a year. I also coached the cheerleading team there, but I um, I did that for a year and you know, I just felt like, oh my gosh, like I, I love teaching so much, but I'm literally going backwards because I was literally spending a ton of ton of time outside of the classroom, inside of the classroom, you know, and it just wasn't it just wasn't adding up. And at the time, um, I had been introduced to real estate through a um, a friend that was a builder, um, and you know, he had said to me you should think about getting into real estate. And I said, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not too sure. So it kind of just developed at that point of, Hey, that's a, that's a, that's an option. Like why not? So that kind of, you know, I don't like to say, and and I will give credit where credit's due. That friend obviously became my husband. So with that, I I definitely give him the credit for kind of drawing me in because he was already building houses and said, you know, hey, you get your real estate license. You can, you know, help me. You can sell my houses. You can help me with that. And his dad was a huge land developer who I have still tons of respect for. You know, he passed away not 2011, but um, I had tons of respect for him and just really Worked with his dad a lot to soak up as much knowledge as I could about real estate and development and just everything 
that I could possibly learn about the industry that I had really kind of always enjoyed. Like I used to draw floor plans as a kid, like instead of drawing like, you know, butterflies and things, I, I would draw floor plans. So I was always, always had that in me. And I always loved going to like the parade of homes. I loved going to tour homes. I mean, we used to drive through, you know, really expensive neighborhoods when I was a kid and just, you know, at Christmas time to see Christmas lights. And I would be like, man, I wonder what the inside of that house looks like. So it was, it's always been a, a love there, like a deep rooted love for, for real estate and all things related for me. You know, I would say that um, there are a couple of gigs that people have uh, prior to becoming a realtor. The number one, and I haven't talked about this in a while on the podcast, number one is a, a bartender or a server. <laughs> it seems like a lot of realtors have done that. And I've you know? done that too, yes. Yeah, so there you go. And you think about what you had to do there. You had to listen to people. You had to kind of help them out. Sometimes you, you're a psychologist. Sometimes you just, you know, just a shoulder to cry on, whatever it is, right? But but the number two is teaching. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think there's, you know, you think, look at those, the skills that you've, you built, you know, and, and not to mention your major was family studies, right? I mean, you were right there with, um, you combine all of those things with what your father-in-law helped you with, which is what no, most residential realtors do not get that sort that level of knowledge about the development side of things and land acquisition and just all that stuff. You were destined to become a realtor. You had no choice. You know that, right? Right. I, I definitely, but you know, here's the, here's the kicker. I mean, you know, working in the restaurant industry, I think teach, teaches you a level of patience too, a level of patience right. of how to, how to deal with people that you may not deal with otherwise. And so that patience mixed with also the, the idea of, you know, when I was a teacher, my biggest idea was you've got to reach them before you can teach them. So for me, that was my mission every day. I got to reach these kids before I can teach them. So that meant that I had to create a relationship with them first before trying to be their teacher. And so for me, I use all of that in real estate, the patience I use the, Hey, I want to establish a relationship with my clients before I try and, you know, have them sign, Hey, I'm your agent or, Hey, I'm going to list your house. Like I just want to, you know, establish a relationship and, and start from there because that's what lays the true foundation for, you know, a good working and business relationship. So I think that, and then, you know, in family studies, one of the things that we had an old professor in college and she was very, very deliberate about us being professional. And, you know, she just taught us all kinds of old school professionalism that I don't even really feel like was part of the curriculum, but, you know, she had us call and leave voicemails to her and we would have to hear those back in class. And, you know, it kind of set the tone for, you know, just how to be a professional and how you should carry yourself. And I mean, even down to how to host a, a dinner party. I mean, that was one of the things she taught us. And it was, you know, again, it's a life skill, but it was something that at the time really kind of sank in as to, okay, this, this makes sense. Like as we go out in the community, because with the family studies degree, you can do anything from, you know, be a teacher. You can do anything from work. And um, a lot of the um, girls that I went to school with, they work for like partnership for Johnston County or partnership for Harnett County. Um, And they work with a lot of placements for, you know, children that need 
need things. Um, so, you know, you have to be very professional in your delivery in those situations. So I think the family studies definitely was a, a successful career avenue for me to to kind of get that in college and, and be able to utilize that now in real estate. Yeah, I read somewhere, it might have been on your, your website or somewhere where you said, uh, if you weren't a realtor, you'd be either a, a travel agent or a party planner. Those are all in the same field. They're all doing the same thing. You're, you're like caring for people. Yeah, you're making these re- connections, relationships, and then help them, helping them with this big piece of their life. Yes, like I love to travel, so I would love to help <laughs> other people travel, and um, I love to plan parties. And you know, it's a big thing here. I, lo- you know, my daughter's birthday's today. I love to go over the top for birthdays. I love to. Literally, I mean, we have balloons all throughout our house right now. Our dogs hate us, but um, we have balloons throughout the house. We've got balloons hanging from the light fixtures. I mean, we are we are decked out in here today, but I do the same thing for Easter and holidays. So, yeah, so it's definitely I'm a giver when it comes to, you know, my love language. And I like to I like to do things for people. So, you know, being able to do real estate, being a travel agent or a party planner is you know, bringing excitement and joy to people's life through actions like that. I love it. Um, I, but I also love the name of your team, My Southern View. I mean, I heard that there are so many different ways to look at that name. It's really cool. Um, talk about the. Let's talk about the makeup of your team. Um, and and you know, what does it look like in the future for you? Is it is it going to be stay small and and kind of the way you have it now, or do you want it to get bigger? What's what do you think? So I just had this conversation yesterday um, with our team leader, and honestly, you know, I like being small and mighty. Um, we just finished out twenty twenty. Uh, we actually won several awards uh, for twenty twenty, and you know, we did great production. Um, so we closed the most volume. We closed the most units. We were able to receive triple gold based on our production. So, you know, our team right now is made up of myself and my wife, Alyssa. And then we have an assistant who has worked with me. She's basically, I wouldn't even, I mean, she's like, she's like my, literally like my BFF and we, as a business relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. but she's been with, with me for four years. So, you know, when I started my Southern View, I was trying to search for a name that, you know, a Southern girl, Southern roots and Southern state. So that all kind of fit together that this is my Southern view. Like this is how I'm viewing the things that I'm seeing. So with that, I also felt like, you know, it didn't label the team as a Lynn Johnson and company or Lynn Johnson real estate team. Like I wanted it to be something where if someone else joined the team, that they would not have to be like, hey, this is, you know, Katie from Lynn Johnson and team or whatever. So um, I really wanted it to be something where they could have their own identity within within the team. And so that's worked out really well. Um, the funny thing is, is that obviously my wife is not from the South. Um, she grew up in New York. So a lot of times she gets the question of my Southern view. And she's like, it's my wife's view. So. Um, so that's interesting. And, um, you know, as of right now, it's my wife and Leslie, my assistant, and then myself. And then we've added another agent on our team who's, um, who's kind of working with us to kind of build her business. She's just newly licensed. She's a past client and she was actually referred, 
uh, referred to me by someone who I met in the Inman world. Yeah, she built a house down here and then she said, hey, I'm going to get my license. So we have, you know, welcomed her with open arms as well. But honestly, you know, I don't want to be a, a manager of people, you know, like I want people to just want to work and love what they do because that's what I do and have that innate hustle about them. So as far as the team getting larger, you know, I really don't. I really don't see it getting larger. The only thing I see is that we figure out how to leverage our business a little bit better. And we're working hard to do that, Alyssa and I are, just so that we can actually take a little bit of a break and not always be on call. So we're working hard to to do that for sure. I know that um, you and Alyssa, I know you and Alyssa from the Inman world, you, you'd mentioned that. Talk about, talk about the importance of the uh, connections that you've been able to build through that community. I mean, just so many connections. We have so many friends that, you know, became acquaintances and are friends of ours that are true, like family, like Sean, Sean Carpenter and his family. I mean, they've come through on a drive from South Carolina, you know, and had spaghetti dinner with us. Um, You know, Raj and Christina, which are out in uh, California at the boutique real estate firm. I mean, they, I mean, they have come and been in our wedding. I mean, Raj said the prayer and the blessing at our, at our wedding dinner at the reception. So there's so many people. I mean, I could just go on and on. I mean, Vanessa Bergmark. I mean, we just have met so many people in the Inman world that we have connected with and we just become true friends. Andrew Flackner is another one that, you know, these are lifelong friends that we are not just say, seeing at conferences, but we're also seeing outside yeah. of these conferences at, at our wedding. You know, Roger and Christina came in to Palm Springs when we flew out for Alyssa's uh, brother's wedding out there. Um, Lee Arnold flew in and or drove in and, and spent time with us in Palm Springs. So, you know, these are people that we talk business with, but we also do life with um, and we keep up with each other and, you know, celebrate their successes and they celebrate ours as well. So I feel truly, truly blessed to have been introduced to that world. You know, Alyssa had been in that world long before she and I got together. So it was really intimidating to walk into that crowd. But I mean, there was nothing but open arms and just a love for, you know, Alyssa and I and our relationship that, truly kind of, you know, kind of helped us feel very successful in our, in our decision to, you know, to be together. So I definitely have a lot of respect and love for everyone in the Inman world, for sure. That's great. I, um, I've, I apologize to Alyssa. I said her name without saying Alyssa Boomer sooner. I got to say that after I say her name every time. A hundred percent. Yes. And we have a pillow in our house that says Boomer sooner too. Right. So <laughs> now I'm covered. It's all good. Let's talk a little bit about business where you're at. I I haven't talked to anyone anywhere in the country who hasn't gone through the same thing through the pandemic, which was utter disbelief at how busy it is and how little inventory there is. And I'm sure North Carolina is the same way. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I feel super grateful, thankful and blessed that uh, we were always considered essential in North Carolina. So our governor basically held us to a standard of, you know, you have to, you have to take on that safety protocol on your own. However, um, we are going to continue to allow you to work. So we were always allowed to continue to work. We did slow down there for just a little bit. Um, but then we put gloves on, shoe covers on, masks on, 
two masks, whatever it took um, to get our clients in homes and, and going on Zoom listing appointments and things like that. Um, but yeah, our market, you know, our market is just, it's, it's really kind of, we, we're calling it like the hunger games right now because it's, um, it's really the, the new agents that don't have the hustle and the grit, like those agents are going to be left by the wayside just because this is truly like a shake every bush, lift every stone. What have you got? Um, and so we're working really hard right now to get listings. So those listings can hopefully fuel our buyers and their needs. So I have doubled down on my efforts to truly try and just gain more listings, um, talking to more people, um, really putting in more work now than I ever have. In the past, it's been, you know, I'm 100% referral based. So I don't you I don't do any online leads. Now I do buy online leads for the team, but I, I'm not doing that. So everything that I close is someone has personally sent them to me. Um, so in that respect, you know, people are still sending them, you know, their friends and family my way. And I'm super grateful for that. But I'm also realizing that I have to continue to grow that sphere and I have to continue to grow how big of a bubble I'm in. So, um, so yeah, so I've been doubling down on that, but inventory is still the same pretty much as most other places. And um, we're seeing, we, we're a due diligence state. So contracts have to be written with a due diligence fee. And so that due diligence fee is starting to get r- ridiculously um, high. And that is really cutting a lot of our first time home buyers off because they don't have that, the liquid money to put down in order to get a property. So, um, so we're trying to figure out creative ways and, you know, we are, keeping it positive with our clients because we definitely don't want, you know, people to get discouraged and we're yeah. just, we're really just pulling out all the stops right now. Yeah. It's, I hear, like I said before, I hear the same thing all over the country. And, and, and so I'm curious, what do you, what do you, th- how does this resolve? What do you think happens? Right. You know, what does the future hold? I, I keep hearing these things about, you know, it'd be great if builders could come to the rescue but then we hear, you know, the, the issues with supply chain and lumber and all this other stuff. What, what do you think is is kind of the end game for your hunger game that you're in now? You know, I think I think in our market, I think I have said this to several people. I think that the real estate commission who kind of regulates, you know, our contracts and things like that. I think they're going to have to step up at some point and even the playing field when it comes to due diligence and the amount of those due diligence payments, um, cause we are seeing just crazy amounts. Um, so I think that is going to, that's going to be necessary. And I, and I'm calling on them to, to, to do something to help our, to help our first time home buyers, you know, feel like they actually have a fighting chance. Um, so with that other, I mean, other than, you know, that kind of intervention, I think we just have to, we just have to wait a little bit longer and just continue to ride the wave. I do think it's like with any shift that you have, you're going to see a lot of agents that will fall off. Um, You know, everyone thought real estate was so great. Let's get our real estate license in the last few years. And now it's like, holy cow, I can't find a, you know, a house for my buyer and I can't get a listing because the sellers need to move somewhere and they don't have anywhere to move because we're not taking contingent offers right now in this market. And so I think it, it's going to have to be a little bit more of just, like I said, like you really just have to 
hunker down and you have to have already built those relationships with clients so that they trust you and they're willing to say, you know what, Lynn, I agree. We need to drain the equity out of our home right now. In order to do that, we probably need to live with family for, you know, a couple of months just so we can drain the equity. And we don't have that on our shoulders. We can move forward and we can present an offer where we're not contingent. And we do have that liquid money to to do that. So we're setting up all kinds of options for people. You know, if they can buy without selling, let's do that. And then, we'll you know, we're basically able to get your home sold by the time you're buying the new one. So um so it it's just a lot of creative out of the box thinking right now and it's not your typical transactional items that have been in the past. So I think, you know, moving forward you'll see a lot of agents in our market that will you know not want to there's there's a wave of agents that just don't want to hustle and they don't want to find business. They just want to work business. So those agents will just continue to work the business, but if you don't have that that hustle ability about you, I mean, literally, like I said, the hunger games. I mean, you have to, you've got to want it in order to make it happen for your clients. Yeah. Lynn, this has been great. I, I'm, I'm going to give you the same final question that I ask every guest as I, as I look at the clock and see we've gone, gone um, past what I asked of you. And that is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started? I would say focus on your people. Focus and love on your people. So when you have that first client and you build that relationship with them, you love on them so much that they're going to love you in return and send business your way. And that has been the backbone of my business being 100% referral based. So loving on people and having those good relationships is definitely the foundation for any successful, any successful business, whether it's real estate or, you know, it is a, a, a trash company, um, anything like that. If you love on your people and you show how much they mean to you, then they're going to show you how much they respect you and, and mean to you and you mean to them in return. Love it. Lynn, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can always call or text at 919-279-8169. Uh, feel free to check us out at mysouthernview.com. My email is lynn at mysouthernview.com. Um, so e- any of those platforms, I'm on Instagram as Johnson underscore Lynn and obviously on Facebook as well. This has been great, Lynn. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I... <laughs> I just sit here mesmerized by your voice and, and, and it's just, I could listen to you for hours. Talk about um, quantum physics. Well, I mean, it's uh, tell, awesome. tell, my, <laughs> tell my wife that. Cause she often is like, okay, I've heard enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to do that. No, I, uh, it's uh, best of luck in, can, you know, with my Southern view and as you go forward and, uh, and I hope I get to see you in person soon at a conference sometime, maybe, maybe this fall. We'll see. I hope so. That would be awesome. Thank you again for having me on. And I, you know, I definitely respect you and admire all that you do. So thank you for continuing to lead the charge and just making agents better, in my opinion. Oh, thanks, Lynn. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app. (laughs) 